Ah, 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 ah. Hit it, Fergie. Oh my God. All right, everyone. So, um, what, what, what we, I am so scatterbrained right now that I don't even know what we're talking about. Is this you? Season four, part one. Title confusing as fuck. All right, give me a, give me two seconds, everybody. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Luck It All podcast. This is your host Elias Roush. I am ill prepared right now. I apologize for all my new viewers. I'm a little bit flabbergasted just because. Um, first of all, why is Netflix gonna do us like this? Why are you gonna do us like, uh, part one, part two? Well, I'll tell you why you want to have part one, part two. For <clears throat> most reasons, would be the uh. The the talkability, the uh the meme ability, the pinch bag ability of it. It's basically the week to week format is something that Netflix has been trying to fight against for a very long time, for I don't know how long now, but years at this point. Uh so the 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 thing for me after watching this first part one of you now let me let me get this straight of how many episodes this was i think it was about five or six episodes so yeah five episodes um i do have some problems i got i got some issues and a lot of it is going to come down to the format of this second season or second season what fuck am i talking about fourth season fourth season people are like oh my jesus (laughs) so um first of all um thank you to all the new subscribers all the new viewers that we have on look at all podcast uh whether you're on soundcloud spotify we're on spotify now uh apple itunes your favorite provider youtube twitch whatever you need we're on all these and uh links are provided in the description as well uh appreciate everyone that is supporting the look at all podcast I make sure I'm recording. Everything's all good. Da, da. Yep. Okay. Good. Um, so, in the time that uh, we have recorded, my head feels like it's like five times the size. Mostly because I've watched uh, you part one of season four and Murtaugh documentaries, HBO Max, the Netflix. I saw Ant Man and Wasp. Quantum mania, uh, too much stuff to podcast. F is for family season five. I've watched all this shit. I've, my head's literally about to blow, so I need to get this shit out of my system. So be sure to check all that. Uh, we have patreon.com slash load all podcast as well as everything else. So, um, yeah, you want to hear about you season four, part one, episodes one through five spoilers. Now we have. At this point, part two is not released, and it won't be released until March 9th. So what's going on with uh, old Joe in the first season? So we've already talked about the first episode. Go back and check out that episode on the Look It Out podcast right on just a few few below. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump to episode five and give you the full uh, plot of what happens. Just uh, spoilers through the fifth episode. We have not seen anything else at this point because it's not released. So once we go through this, we will discuss the things we did like, the things we didn't like uh, about this season. Episode five of season four. Kate insists she did not kill Gemma. By the way, this is episode The Fox and the Hound. Kate insists she did not kill Gemma. 
Joe comes to believe her and helps her die, uh, dispose of the body in a barn while others are partying. Kate confronts Joe about his past after noticing his apparent experience with covering up murders. Joe admits that he disposed of Malcolm's body and whomever framed him is now trying to frame Kate. Kate goes to tell Phoebe to dismiss the servant's staff while she is away. Rold discovers Joe is in the barn and brings him to the others, accusing him of being the killer. Despite Joe's protests, Rold gives him a head start to flee before pursuing him with a shotgun. Joe subdues Rold in the woods while only to be captured and placed in a dungeon by the real killer. Rays, who having come from poverty committed the murders out of resentment towards the rich. Rees tells Joe to kill Rold so they can frame him for the murders. When Joe refuses, Rays sets the dungeon on fire and leaves Joe. So, sorry, and leaves. Joe escapes and frees Rold and the two are rescued by Kate. Joe does not tell the others about Reese and vows to bring bring him down. Vows to bring him down himself. Reese announces candidacy for mayor of London. Okay, so off the top of my head without having my notes in front of me, I don't know why I didn't bring my notes. Uh, sorry about that. Um this season is taking a different approach from the other seasons. It's not the horror stalker killer story that we've been following for the last couple of seasons. We, as we discussed in the previous seasons at the end of season three, let's just kind of recap. Uh, basically he has to kill or he does kill his wife who was trying to kill him and a couple other people in the basement. Um, and I thought there was a lot of juice on the bone for that story. The love story um, of, and he also had to give up his kid. And I got to say the repercussions of the last three seasons feel like they're inept to this fourth season. Now, I know the whole premise of this fourth season is we got a murder mystery on our hands. We got the knives outification, the white lotusification, the menuification. We got the, 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 all these murder glass onionification. Everything's a murder mystery these days. So if everything's a murder mystery, nothing's a murder mystery. It's like, all right, you gotta be really, really good. I'm, to to kind of follow them death on the nile last year i mean there was so many murder mysteries off the top of my head i can't even think of them all and now we got you season four and i'm sure that they were watching all these other ones saying oh we got that agatha christie in the bag i was like um y'all a little bit late to the party this you season four feels a little bit like we're being held at arm's length we are kind of jogging in pace. We're in the tropes of, all right, we've exhausted everything we can do with this character in America. So we have to literally push him. We're taking a Euro trip. Uh, when, when a lot of properties go on Euro trips, 
or they go overseas or, you know, the vacation, it's because they've exhausted the other storylines in the previous seasons. They've, uh, they've had the baby. Oh, someone's praying. Oh, this happens. Oh, that happened. You know, uh, there was so much meat on the bone for the first three seasons. Um, it almost feels a little bit like diminishing returns. And the more I'm hearing about Penn Badgley going behind the scenes, and he's v much more spoken about not wanting to be so much of a, uh, like a sexual object. And I totally understand that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm like three times the size of Penn Badgley. So I'm sure I wouldn't want to be up there like shaking bacon up there too, you know? So, um, what I heard was he didn't want to have too many intimacy scenes. If any, I, I think it was between season one and three that he got married. So, you know, naturally you know, him and his spouse are just like, maybe can you not do that as much? So, I understand that. I can totally understand that. Now, with saying that, you know, from a viewer standpoint, I, you know, you want to be super respectful of the actor having to perform all of these acts on, you know, film for millions and millions of people. And then, you know, th there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes into that. But with saying that, I could feel it. I, I've slowly seen it over the course of uh, about five years, which is great that they have these um, these sexual coordinators on set. I th sexual, it's not like sexual intercourse coordinators, but it's like intimacy coordinators that are making sure that both parties are comfortable with the scenes and everything. Which I absolutely am one hundred percent for. We should have had that the whole time. But with saying that, you know, you're playing. It's so different because I'm not obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not the one doing it, but from the viewer standpoint, it's like. It would we're not watching Fifty Shades of Grey, but there is a level of of intimacy and attraction that the viewer is having towards the acts that they're doing in the first couple seasons, and then they're saying you know, and the, the viewer is returning back for multiple seasons because they like the feeling of watching something a little risque of some sort. And then we go to by season four, and he's like, I'm not doing that anymore. And we're kind of watching it. And then we're like, hmm, this feels awfully tame. There's nothing, you know, and we're, he's not going to do the same thing he did in season one, but we're, we're not scaling back the sexuality, like uh, sexuality is, is, is interesting to watch over the course of film because obviously if you do the same thing you did in season one it's not going to be as interesting as season four you've seen it uh three or four times it's like some same person coming to the party and oh what did you think they brought they brought chips add it add the chips to the next we got more chips over here guys don't worry we got plenty of chips we got four seasons of chips you know like i understand that you want to bring a diversification to the party you want to bring a diversification of changing up the murder mystery this season feels especially because part one feels like i'm at arm's length like so many things feel yada yada in a way he's somehow uh joe is all of a sudden you know he's got the different name he's got d new friends we got a brand new world we have to be introduced to and i initially liked it at first but i felt like the compelling parts of this were not necessarily 
even Joe. And I felt like the predictability, I was like, okay, so, you know, this episode, we're going to learn about this person, this episode, we're going to learn about this person, this episode, we're going to learn about this person. And then ultimately at the end, where it's going to be some sort of twist or reveal, because that's how the murder mystery format normally goes for television. If it was a movie, it'd be a little bit more condensed. I think this actually would have been better as a movie because it almost feels too stretched out. It's, it, it almost didn't need to be 10 episodes. And what I'm hearing is through the grapevine, a lot of people are not crazy about this part one, part two stuff. Now, as a, a podcaster, I'm, you know, I'm kind of like in between it. You know, I do like the week to week format so that we can engage and have conversations with everybody about, you know, who might be the killer, who may not be the killer. So um, overall, this this format is suffering from in, in in a condensed format is the part one part two of it most murder mysteries are not divided in half like this there's might be some wonky hanky panky uh psychedelic nature happening between joe and reese i'll touch on that a little bit uh, in the predictions here in a little bit um so I feel like the audience is not being told a whole lot. Like there's a whole lot of like Joe just like waking up from out of a blank state or whatever. And like, oh my gosh, oh, oh God, I got the name, I got the blood. You know, like there's so much of it that um, I feel like we're being held at arm's length. And almost none of the episodes I felt that surprised by. I think in the first episode I had called that Reese was weird that whoever's doing this murder mystery is probably not alone. Like after seeing that, I, I feel like my head has exploded with all these murder mysteries in the last like year and a half since Knives Out. I'd, I was kind of called the white lotus lotusification of it, but it's way more of Knives Out because I think it started a little bit further back there. And obviously Agatha Christie started the whole thing, which post-show recaps mentioned that, um, that Agatha Christie novels she had apparently made like over 70 murder mysteries and she's got like number three most sold art uh, writer in, in the history of ever or something like that. Is that true? I don't have the facts up here, but that is phenomenal if it's true. I mean, my Lord, make a bank. So um, people love their murder mysteries. But with saying that, it's like, how many can you do without starting to say, oh, it's probably, oh, it's probably the doorman who said two things and then, you know, blah, yada, yada. My whole thing is, we're going to start to get into predictions. So if you don't want to hear any predictions, um, you know, hop into the next podcast or, you know, thank you for listening, watching, look at our podcast, do all that stuff. But um, I've heard predictions through the grapevine that kind of feel like it makes a little bit more sense. My, my whole thing about this season is the cast, you know, is great as usual. The, the, the suspects are, they're playing their roles, you know, but the thing is nothing has been super surprising, you know, uh, there's always the red herring, the, the, the guy that's jealous, the uh, maybe a lady that's pre I mean, there's, actual tropes from the knives out formula that i feel like are reflected in this uh the tony collette character is is um one of is almost like identical to one of the the preppy characters in this season as well i think it's phoebe's um and then there's the asshole who's uh 
let me think the asshole who is uh the chris evans character in knives out like they they almost have specific personality traits they like to use in murder mysteries that kind of correlate to each one of them it's like oh you've got the pretty one but she's definitely sus you've got the nice guy but he's definitely big sus um so let me just talk about the big thing that i heard that might be happening in this um in this uh the season so i'm hearing that reese in in, in a I, if you don't want to hear any possible spoilers, I don't think this is a spoiler, but it it it, it might be very well what happens in the season. Um, you know, go ahead and pause now and come back. Reese, I'm hearing that Reese might be Joe. Now, I'd need to go back and watch season four at the beginning to see if Reese has many interactions with Joe and the rest of the the cast but i think it's just reese and joe for the majority of it although there is a funeral scene where reese is with the rest of the cast i need to go back and see if they've actually had you know uh, uh if they've all been in a room con converging and connecting at the one time but if reese is joe this reveal would have been very good to have at the beginning of part of this part not part two if you reveal at the beginning of part two, let's just say episode six, the next episode, that Reese is Joe, it's like, oh, instead of, and then it's like, all right, let me just binge the rest of the season and I'll be done with it. As opposed to if you told us Reese was Joe in episode five, we would have like a month to talk about it. We it would be February 9th to March 9th. Uh, we would just be like, holy Santa Claus shit. Can you believe that Reese was Joe that whole time ago? And then we have the time to go back and look at all the things. But I don't think there's any correlation. Or uh, We have the disappearing text messages that are going to Joe. The biggest clue that I think makes it look like Reese might be Joe. So there's, okay, so the biggest reason that I think he might be Joe, and then the biggest reason why he might not be Joe so the biggest reason I think he might be Joe is because most text messages are not, when you get text messages on TV or movies or media, normally we don't get it visually written on screen and in a voiceover in our head. It seems, for me, I think it's kind of weird that they've chosen to do the visual language, like we're seeing the text message on the screen and Joe is reading it as well. But because we don't know who it's coming from, I guess that makes a little bit more sense. Now, the reason I don't think he's Reese um, would be he's running for office or something like that, mayor of London. There's no way that Joe could do that without getting possibly caught because the entire premise of this first season is Joe is being framed in a way for what's, you know, or Joe is being framed for Malcolm's death, but on on the other hand, he still has all these other deaths, love and all that other shit he has to deal with from his previous life, which kind of feels like it's just kind of dangling over his head, but not necessarily that it's taken. It's it's more of like it's not the MacGuffin, but it's definitely the driving force for why it's happening, but not why each episode's happening. Each episode 
seems to be more just like, all right, I need to go check on this guy. I need to go see why this guy's acting weird. I need to go see why uh, the guy from White Lotus is is getting some weird freaky shit going on in that room. And it, it feels very contained in a way that I didn't, I, like if Knives Out had happened over the course of 10 hours, I'm not sure if it would have been as successful. So um, I think that is kind of, what it is in in what's it uh reese having this obsession with joe joe going back to his place and seeing all this you know shit on his walls and stuff like that i believe and um i really think that it that the student has something to do with it at, at the beginning like i really think it's probably going to be uh, a combination of of uh Oh, let's talk about Marianne too, uh, of his student. I don't have his student's name. Mm. I don't have her name anyways. Um, anyways, well, we'll continue. I think it might be his student have something to do with it because she's kind of very, um, oh, Nadia. Nadia, um, played by Amy Lee Hickman. Um, she's very sus still very sus and i was i think i called the reese in the first episode but i'm not 100 percent sure um anyways you know several of the several of the people that joe thinks are suspects dies and i think that's another trope in murder mysteries as well the problem with this murder mystery is it doesn't seem to be subverting too many tropes and on top of it it's not very um compelling is not a word i would use i'd say just uh, you know breezily entertaining is how i would kind of categorize this um season and with a skepticism of thinking that we are about to run its course. Like if we get six seasons of you, it's like done. There's no way it can get, you know, I don't think we're going to come back from the first three seasons. We're just, you know, it's just going to get less and less returned. Um, anything else I did like about, I, I feel like I've been kind of uh, harsh about this season. I do. I like all of the, the, the casting I think is really great. I think, it's uh i forget how funny the the show can be um i like reese as a character i i kind of wish he wasn't the big bad i wanted him to kind of be a little bit more interesting than he was but the problem with him is they've kind of kept him at such an arm's length that i don't even know what his his motivation feels weird to eat the rich it's very just like uh tell and don't show in my opinion and um yeah i ultimately Ultimately, I find it kind of predictable, like I said, with the tropes, only because we've seen we've seen a lot of this before. But yeah, I did really like the um, the like Downton Abbey type setting. I thought that was kind of a interesting change of pace. Joe's beard is fucking phenomenal. Oh, my God. Can I do that? Can you pin badge? You got to let me know what kind of biotin you, you taken because um, my God. Um, yeah, the dude's handsome. And um, let's see. Yeah, so overall, let me just kind of, uh, you know, pan this out. Overall, I think this season is a little bit worn out, mostly because we've seen this format a lot of times. 
Um, the tropes we've seen in other murder mysteries are happening here is again, we do have a very compelling pin Badgley, but I just, he can only do so much with this. And I feel like he's having to always in, reintroduce us to a new cast of characters, which I liked the, the correlation of, uh, him knowing people from season to season, I feel like he's very closed off from the previous seasons. Like if you told somebody to kind of watch this uh, without watching the first three seasons, I, I think a lot of people would be able to be like, oh, wow, this is pretty interesting. Now, um, the one thing that I do feel like was kind of like a dropped thread in a way was, um, well, two things. One, that I feels like that Joe is trying to fight the urge to be a killer anymore. He doesn't want to do this. Like the people he's had to kill in this or had to take down were because they attacked him first kind of thing, with the exception of Marianne. Um, Marianne is such a weird plot thread in this season that I'm not really sure how to address it, but uh, he's like obsessed with Marianne at the beginning of the season and basically scares the fuck out of her in an alleyway while like trying to disarm her with a her, un, while she has a knife on him like dude get the fuck out of here man you are 110 percent in the wrong here <laughs> like like dude you were on some next level on that one you didn't need to go that far so it feels like he just scares the shit out of marianne so that they get her out of the plot but she also knows that he's alive like there's only so many people i guess that know that joe is currently alive because at the end of season three there was a big fire that's supposed to look like um you know he was cooked into a pie or something like that and you know his son is given to those two guys at the end of season three and his love his wife was possibly there's work through the grapevine love might be back and if love is back that would be pretty crazy. I think it would be kind of bullshit, but it would also be kind of crazy because I feel like if they bring love back, now my my biggest question is, all right, so if they bring, I don't want her to come back as a ghost. If she only, if she comes back as a ghost, only do it once. I, I, I hate like uh, someone visualizing uh, a fake person there and them giving them advice and stuff like that. I'm just not crazy about that storytelling. Seems kind of lazy. Like, how would you know what they were ever going to say? It's, this is all just like a figment of your mind. So um, I don't really want it to be ghost love. I would want it to be the real love. And I want her to kind of be getting revenge. And if it's a combination of like Reese and love doing something, that'd be, that'd be kind of interesting. Um, but love does feel like big in-game material. And Joe... In my opinion, Joe does not belong on this earth. After all the shit he's done, he has sealed his deal. You know, I'm just kind of like Joe, Jaddy. You know, so um, my that's kind of my thinking in that. Um, and uh, uh, let me kind of look at this episode one real quick, just to kind of see what what Reeks was doing in there. Okay, so. Da -da 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 -da. In the present, this is episode one of season four. I'm just seeing what Reese Reese again was doing. Da, 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 da. Okay. In the present, Joe lives in his new identity, Jonathan Moore. He doesn't look like a Jonathan. A um, 
university English professor. I hear in Oxford. I don't know how he did that. Uh, he develops an interest in Kate Gavin, the girlfriend of his, of his obnoxious fellow professor, Malcolm Harding, who lives in the flat across from him. Joe saves Kate, two muggers repay him. Okay, I forgot the two muggers. Like, it, we're trying to, like, at the beginning, we're definitely trying to soften Joe. Um, Malcolm invites him to the party at the Elite Sundry House, where, okay, so, yeah, Malcolm invites him in, and Joe befriends an author, Mayor Hopeful. Uh, so, Reese is supposed to be at that party at the beginning. I just don't remember him interacting with too many people. Joe gets heavily intoxicated at the party, and Alex awakens the awakens in his flat to find Malcolm stabbed to death, missing a finger, assuming his... See, missing a finger I thought was kind of weird, but I guess that's just like MacGuffin to the final MacGuffin. Uh, assuming his... Assuming he killed Malcolm before blacking out, Joe disposes of the body, and then next day Kate invites Joe over to dinner. I, I will say Kate is oddly... I feel like she didn't give a shit about Malcolm the whole time. I know she's kind of like, yeah, yada, yada, but she's like straight up emotionless like did you do it girl um and then we see you know later in the seasons like makes it look like what's her face is killed um as joe arrives he uh receives a series of anonymous texts from malcolm's real killer thanking him for disposing of the evidence like if that is joe it just seems weird and apparently he's being followed through all this as well um yeah i just don't it, it appears that Reese is a real person, and I also think that he's working with someone else. There's there's no way it's just one, especially because, well, I don't know. There's, there's a lot to kind of unfold. Let me know what you thought about the review. Let me know what you thought about you, season one, part one. So what the hell? You, season four, part one, episodes one through five. Holy Santa Claus, that is long. Um... So yeah, let me know what you thought about that, the review, everything else in between. Let me know what you thought you think. What are your predictions for you coming up? And uh, yeah, we'll we'll bust it from there. And uh, be sure to check out the rest of the Look It All podcast. Podcast, we have tons of reviews going down the pipe. We have uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Knock at the Cabin. We just talked about you, season four. You season three's finale, The Last of Us. We're talking about Velma, HBO Max. That's on patreon.com slash let it all podcast. We have uh, Escape Plan 2, that to Hades or whatever the fuck that was with Dave Batista and uh, Sylvester Stallone. That's available on Patreon right now. Uh, we have tons of exclusives on Patreon. You can get the full review on there as well. Be sure to check out lookitoutpodcast.com for all of the links, the Facebooks, the YouTubes, the Instagram, the Twitters, everything, how to support, you can find it there. Again, we have exclusives and longer formats of the review on patreon.com slash lookitoutpodcast. You can get your favorite reviews on your favorite shows there. And um, yeah, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, watch on all of the favorite platforms. You can go on Apple, iTunes, Spotify. You know what to do. Look at all pod. I don't know what I'm talking like that. Uh, look at all podcast. Dadies. And we'll be back for you, season four finale. Take it easy.